live from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Swing and a drive, right field, way back, and gone! Off the scoreboard and right. A Schwarbaum, no doubt about it. Kyle Schwarber, first pitch of the game with a rocket to right. one nothing Phillies, and this place has come undone. I think I heard you, Bob. <laughs> well, my mouth was full of cheesesteak when I was screaming at that moment. <laughs> The call on ESPN Radio last night, 106.1 ESPN. But, yes, if you weren't with us in the 4 o'clock hour, I actually went to the Phillies game last night, being being the lifelong Phillies fan that I am, and just thinking, you know, how many chances are you going to get to do this? It fit into my schedule, both my um, sports title schedule, because we didn't have a show yesterday because of the American League Championship game, and my Richmond Spiders schedule. Beginning of the week, you know, it finished up the game Saturday, did some stuff on Sunday, uh, post-URI, and not quite ready to get started yet on this week's opponent on North Carolina A&T. So it fit in perfectly so up to philly i went for the game and if you listen to us a lot and can remember back in the summer when i went up to a game my one regret was that i didn't get a philly cheesesteak while we were there the the lines were ridiculously long and we got in a little bit whatever so i didn't have some like i was absolutely going to have a philly cheesesteak and i literally had it in my hand as the Phils come to bat the bottom of the first and i'm unwrapping you know the paper wrapper that they that they put it in and i'm literally taking that first bite, and there's Kyle Schwarber hitting it 117 miles an hour out to right field. So you can picture me, AJ, at that moment. Like, what do I do? I've got the ch- – fortunately, they have cup holders at Citizens Bank Park because the beer can was in the cup holder. Um, and trust me, when I get the rare opportunity to be a fan, I try to be a fan, right? Because because of what I do, I don't get very many chances to do that. So I, I go all geek fanned out. When I can, you know, I'm wearing the Philly hat and the T-shirt. I got the beer. So anyway, I got the cheesesteak in one hand. I got my red uh, uh, towel in the other hand, and I'm leaping out of my seat. Schwarber's hitting the home run. The place is going nuts. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was. I, it, well. I wouldn't need a parlay for the fact that you might have <laughs> dropped the steak, but you wouldn't have let go of that beer, Bob. I know that. Well, that's what I said. It was good that, that Citizens Bank Park has those cup holders, you know, on the back of the seat in front of you. So the beer was safe. And, you know, you at, at ballparks now, the only – I guess you can still get a draft of some kind, but it's just much easier to get the can. But it's like 25 ounces. I'm kind of a lightweight, AJ. It took me nine innings to get through 25 ounces last night. We'd had a couple in the parking lot beforehand. That was a lot of fun, too. These people who like to tailgate, AJ, I get it. I understand why they like to tailgate. It was really fun. I've never tailgated with my fans, like with my fandom, like like the Ravens or the Mets. It's always any tailgate situation I've ever been in. I've always been wearing the jersey, and I'm just the guy that's – you know the rival. It's hilarious. You're right, and I'm. Kind of, it's funny you say that because we finished up tailgating, and we're walking into the stadium, and I said to my son, "I'm like, I feel really good about doing this tonight because normally I've gone to my team's games in the other team's stadium or ballpark." 
So exactly what you just said. It was fun to be surrounded by fans of your team, which it was last night. Um, so the whole experience was was tremendous. Obviously, the Phillies winning helped, but, but the money spent was absolutely worth it. And everything they say about Philadelphia and what they have done to give the Phillies that kind of home field advantage um, is absolutely true. And I probably contributed my little part of that uh, by being there at the at the game last night um and i'll tell you this is this is this will not translate well on the radio matt did a heck of a job by the way on you know those 600 however many football teams that were ranked that it's something you really got to look at visually because i've now gone and looked at it since he gave me the um the twitter handle there of uh, the guy at espn um, but he did a good job of the verbal picture of ranking all of those teams anyway last night what'd you do you sent me a text of some kind that said Mike Wilbon thinks the Phillies are the favorites, right? Yep, yep. You sent me that text while I was sitting in the parking lot at Citizens Bank Park. So I sent you a picture and just said, guess where I am tonight? And I heard what you said in the 4 o'clock hour about it looked like a restaurant. Yeah, I felt bad. I was like, I don't know this place. How do I not know a place? First of all, you thought it was in Richmond, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know I, where I, I thought you were I I thought you were downtown under the bridge where the train station is, and I'm like, there's no restaurant that looks like that's what it looked like at a glance. That's a perfect description though, AJ. I'm looking at it right now. So like I said in the four o'clock hour, the one of the best parts of the night was the parking for 25 bucks literally not only across the street from citizens bank park it's technically in the lincoln financial field parking lot because the two stadiums are right literally right across the street from each other and there is a section of the lincoln financial field that is undercover like it's these like canopies carports i think would be the the best way to describe them and i assume for an eagles game they probably go for a pretty penny but the fact that this was a phillies game across the street it was just regular general parking so for 25 bucks we rolled right in we had a spot under the cover wasn't raining um but we did and we were able to set the chairs up and you know it was it was great literally I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. That was literally a, a baseball football throw from the ballpark across the street. But I'm looking at the picture now, and I could see where you're not even knowing that I went to Philly yesterday. You have no idea where that was, and there's cars parked in a parking lot under a roof, and there's this lit building, and you probably didn't really give it you, a real close once-over to, to kind of figure it out. You were so close, I couldn't tell it was a stadium. Yeah. Like, I literally have to enlarge it with, with my fingers, and then you can kind of see on either side the green-lit signs that say Citizens Bank Park, and there's a Phillies logo right in the middle. But you really have to look at it closely to see that. So I, I get where you're coming from, that you really didn't know where I was. But the, the second picture, once we got into the ballpark, when I sent you the video board with the Phillies logo on top of it and the Liberty Bell and a baseball field, that kind of gave it away, did it not? Uh, you know, I saw, I thought I saw what was a Phillies thing, but again, I'm jumping to like a bar. Like I said, Gus's. I've, I've, I don't, <laughs> I, I didn't know where you were. Wow. I'll tell yeah. you this though. I just now realized that FedEx Field is making out like a bandit, being in a place where there's nowhere else to really be. You yes, know what I'm saying? You're, they have. It's like an airport, right? Yeah. They, it, they got you. One hundred percent is like an airport. Yes. Yes. 
I agree. Now, I mean, even at the stadium complex in Philadelphia, I mean, they've kind of got you somewhat. There is some on-street parking, believe it or not, around the, the, the stadium and ballpark in Philly. So you potentially could do that. But I love the fact that it was 25 bucks across the street and that every lot was 25 Not like in D.C. And I get it where the closer you got to the stadium, the more it went up. Now, D.C. is a downtown ballpark, so parking is at much more of a premium than it is in Philly, where they're not downtown, and they have spacious, you know, surface lots surrounding all three of the stadiums and arenas because the Wells Fargo Center is right there as well. So I I do get that, and in D.C. it's a harder ticket to park, and it is more valuable the closer you get. So I I understand that, but it was just so much better um, last night. And I'll tell you one more thing, and again, I I don't want to keep going on Philly, although they're in the news right now because they're playing in the National League uh, championship series, but get Are this they? one. <laughs> get this one, AJ. Tonight in Philly, they have game two, Phillies and Diamondbacks at Citizens Bank Park. Across the street in one direction in the Wells Fargo Center, the Flyers are playing their home opener, NHL team, against Vancouver. And they've actually moved the start time of that game up to 6 o'clock to try and alleviate some of the traffic congestion figuring if you're coming to the flyers game and we start at six you're probably parking by five and while there'll be plenty of philly fans already there by five o'clock for an eight o'clock game it won't be quite the rush hour that it's going to be at seven o'clock an hour before the phillies game so flyers game at six phillies game at 807 and in between that you are going to love this one in lincoln financial field they have a friendly tonight Ages. Uh, See, that got your attention, didn't it? I actually an was in- excited to hear about the Flyers, too, though. But yeah, yeah, that's a, it keeps getting inter- better. They got an international friendly. I think it's Mexico and Germany. Oh, that's going to be good. Right. They're going to draw a huge crowd for that. No doubt about it. I got news for you. You guys are, you guys are all in trouble because there's going to be a lot of people for that. I agree. I'm. I'm. That place is. Gonna, I'm glad I went last night. I don't think I would have gone tonight, knowing that. I just. It's going to be a madhouse down there. It won't be as easy a process to do what I did. Uh, parking last night was as easy as I've ever done for a major sporting event. And they're uh, on I, the pitch at eight. Yes, that is correct. They are on the pitch at eight, and first pitch, the more important one, is at eight oh seven. In case you're wondering. I set that up. For you. I know you did. I know you did. We went from on the pitch to first pitch which is more important than the pitch. You know, it's hard to make me jealous. I was jealous last night. I was ha- I was happy for you, though. I couldn't Thank have been you. more happy. And I'm not trying to, like, brag, rub it in. I mean, I spent a lot of money no. to do it. It's my team. I drove. And I'll tell you, I-95 is not getting any better. I can tell you that. Um, now, coming home today, caught a little bit of a break. We left at 9 in the morning, so after rush hour. And, you know, that was okay. So if you have to be on 95 during the day. Oh, yeah. Between 9 and 1 is about your best bet, which we did today. Um, you, but, yeah, it's it's still not a fun experience. You're not bragging, by the way. Even Matt Joseph cracked a wide smile to know that you were there <laughs> yesterday. Like, yeah. like we're all we, – you you deserve it. Yeah, having having my, my kid with me and, and his fiancé was tremendous. They too. don't deserve to have to sit well, there and watch the uh, Phillies win. Can I, can, can I tell you what? He, he actually – um, talked to at least two, if not three, of his friends who are also Braves fans and basically said, is this okay to do? I'm a Braves fan, and I'm going to Philly's game after they just beat the Braves. 
and all of them, two of whom I know were former teammates of his when they played college ball together. So they're baseball guys, and they were like, absolutely, you got to go just for the experience, for the whole Philadelphia vibe thing, for your dad, all of that. And he did. So. And it's your dad's team, and they beat you like sack up. Yeah, but you know what? I I admit it to both him and my my daughter, who's also a Braves fan. I'm not so sure I would have done the same thing if the if the Braves had beaten the Phillies and they were heading to Atlanta to see the Braves against the Diamondbacks and the champion. Uh, I would have probably said, "I'll I'll pay for your plane ticket, but I ain't going." Yeah, but they're better people than you. I, they are better sense. people than me. There's no question about that. No, no doubt about. You said that. is his future wife to be your girlfriend or whatever. She uh, even like. Started to root for the Phillies a little bit, huh? She did. She, she, I caught her waving the towel a couple of times. Does she know she doesn't have to suck up to the father-in-law? Anymore? Right. She does. She says, oh, I got to get you to like me. I'm like, I already like you. Don't, don't worry about it. And she had a Phillies hat, uh, like a baby blue Phillies oh, hat. Oh, that's too far. It, it, which she had got. She went to a game in the summertime. She was up there for work, and she was able to get a ticket and – because she's a baseball fan, so she went and saw a regular season game, which is different. She saw the Phillies and the Pirates. Turned out to be the night the Phillies clinched the wild card um, berth. So, but yes, I, I did catch her becoming somewhat of a Phillies fan. Not my son. Not, nor would I expect it. Nor would I like. Nor would I want him to. He's got his team. They just happen to have lost to the Phillies each of the last two years. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's wow. move ahead. <laughs> That's enough for this show on that one. We, we'll come back tomorrow and see if I'm still in as good a mood after game two is played tonight or if I'm doing some grumbling. Um, here's what we'll be rumbling and grumbling about on the rest of today's Sports Huddle. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not happy with your heating and cooling system, call James River Air for a free in-home consultation. Check them out online at jamesriverair.com. I got a couple other things out of last night that I want to want to bring up. Just one, one more, and because you're you're going to cut my mic off probably on this one. So at one point, AJ, like between innings on the video board, they showed a shot in the suite level, you know, where the important VIPs are. And there was Travis Kelsey with? Britney Spears. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Taylor Swift, but you didn't. Jason Kelsey. He was there with his brother, who plays for the Eagles, of course. So they were the Kelsey brothers were there, and they elicited a huge roar from the crowd, which, again, is another reason I'm saying Philadelphia sports fans have become kinder and gentler because after the Eagles' performance on Sunday, normally we'd be booing Jason Kelsey after they lost to the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But they didn't. They gave him a big round of applause. Hopefully that helps him Sunday night against Robert Always Miami Dolphins. You think it was the, the Lions' fault? The Lions? The line, The O-Lions' fault? Oh, no. Well, partially, yes. And okay. I think Jalen Hurts had a miserable game. Miserable game. But, yeah, I think part of it was probably the offensive line. Yes. But they love Jason Kelsey. He's like a folk hero in Philadelphia. Like, he and Bryce Harper will never buy another drink in Philadelphia again. And they did show a shot of Jason Kelsey because one of his favorite things to do is to chug a can of beer. And he actually did it on the on the video screen. This is a night. lot of Philadelphia stuff. It is. Let's move on. Oof. Let's get past it. All right. How about Commanders then? Should we do that? At least they won this weekend, right? 
Yeah, they, I mean, we're, we are in the region, I suppose. We are. Oh, no, we're you, we're in Washington commander territory. You got me wanting to dive in 10 minutes on this Mexico-Germany matchup. <laughs> uh, if you, well, I was going to say, if you hurry, you could get to Philly by 8, but you can't do that. So there's no way. Not on I-95, not even in a private plane. I don't think you'd get there in time because you'd have to get to the stadium, and it's going to be a madhouse there. I'll in call fact, Sean Robertson and get the chopper. Yeah, there you go. Take the Channel 6 chopper. That's a great great idea. That's another way you could tell it was such a big game last night. There were, like, choppers flying all over overhead before the game, like traffic copters and some, you know, had those small planes with the banners on them, advertising banners. It was it was a big deal about that, for sure. The one thing I was going to say, again, kinder, gentler Philadelphia, because of the mess they're going to have tonight, their mass transit system is offering free subway rides to go down to that stop, you know, to the South Philadelphia stop, just enticing people not to take their car down there tonight. So how much money do you think they're losing, you know, on ridership tonight? Somebody must be footing that bill that you they are enticing people coming in, you know, from the suburbs or Jersey or wherever. Get on mass transportation. We're not even going to charge you. New York's done that. Have they? Mm-hmm. Yep. Really? Yeah, I think it was huh. Nick's playoff. I forget what oh, it was. But maybe. Yeah. 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 I thought that was a that was a brilliant and any on street parking that I mentioned totally free like it's not metered you don't have to you know put your license plate and pay and all that totally free if you can find a spot on the street which is not a lot of but there is there is some down there otherwise it's twenty five bucks in one of those lots and that's still a pretty good deal anyway we will talk commanders um, and uh, Darrell Owens will join us at five thirty and we'll talk more about that Atlanta is one of the worst teams I've seen. Either that or that was one of the worst games they've ever played Sunday. There was no way the Commanders could lose that game because the Falcons could not get out of their own way in that contest. Awful, awful football. The Commanders weren't great, but I still am encouraged by Sam Howell and what he can do, and it's a results-driven business. Just win, baby. Just win. And they won, and they move on to the Giants this week. We move on after the break. Sports Auto 1061 ESPN. Well, you've got them. 1061 ESPN is your exclusive radio home for all things Spiders Athletics in the River City all year long. All right, I meant to get to this right before Matt left at 5 o'clock because we were talking about the 810 preseason poll for the standings and the conference uh, all first second third team that has six players on it which annoys matt i don't really care um and we were questioning like who actually votes on it and i should have known this and i do know this and it's in the first paragraph of their press release for anybody to read but the awards and the preseason poll chosen by the league's head coaches and select media members huh well i can tell you two media members who aren't select Matt Josephs and me, because neither one of us knew that, so I'm obviously assuming neither one of us were voting members. I know I wasn't. I'm assuming Matt wasn't either. Then he would have known the answer to the question. I imagine, like, John O'Connor probably was one of the, He should be one of those voting members. As long as he's been around, the teams he's had to cover, uh, he, he should be one of those voting members. So, anyway, that was the answer to the question when we rattled off the preseason standings, the prognostication, the all-conference teams, all of that. Who actually votes? So I'm reading it. The awards and poll chosen by the league's head coaches and select media members. And, again, it was Dayton, number one, and VCU, 
Number two, of course, on the VCU side, they are the defending champs, but they do have a new head coach and obviously a ton of new players, a couple of transfers that Coach Odom brought with him from Utah State. And I questioned, not questioned, but I was just kind of impressed that St. Bonaventure was third. They were coming off, you know, mediocre year, 500 season, um, lost all five of their starters from the from their really good teams of a couple of years ago, and yet they're already up to third in the preseason poll. So some people are looking at them, and they do have a couple of uh, preseason all-conference selections. That's probably one of the reasons they're right up there. Daryl Banks and Chad Venning, both on the um, all-A-10 preseason team. And then Duquesne was picked fourth, and St. Joe's was picked fifth, and they have a decent number of guys coming back as well. All right, so there you go. That was the answer to that question. All right, I got a lot of questions for Darrell Owens. We're going to talk some commanders. All right, this is going to sound more like a mid-Atlantic, Richmond-based sports talk show this afternoon. Cut me a little slack for being on the Phillies bandwagon today, having been there yesterday and them three wins away from the World Series at this point now. And the other game was great, too. We didn't talk much about it. But that Texas-Houston game, you know, where the Rangers jumped the 4 nothing and 5-1 lead, and the Astros came all the way back to 5-4 and at one point had the bases loaded and nobody out and couldn't score. That was a great game yesterday as well. So plenty of good good action in the Major League Baseball League Championship Series. Uh, and Game 2 tonight, Phillies and Diamondbacks, 7.30 on our airwaves. And then the American League Series resumes tomorrow in Arlington with Max Scherzer on the mound for the Texas Rangers. Good stuff there. All right, let's talk some commanders on the other side. Darrell Owens was with the commanders in Atlanta, saw their victory over the Falcons. He'll tell us all about it next on the Sports Huddle. Season long. Now it's time for the race to the fall classic. 1061 ESPN is your exclusive home for the MLB postseason in Richmond. get this back to sounding more like a talk show of the people for the people and of the Washington commander fans in our area of which there are many and of which they should feel at least okay this week because the commanders are coming off a win and they've got another way more than winnable game this week against the Giants let's talk with Darrell Owens legacy maker sports network he was in Atlanta for the commanders 24-16 win over the Falcons Darrell how are you how you doing, Bob? How's everything going, brother? Everything's going good. Everything's going good. I'm excited to talk to you and kind of get your perspective on this one. It's hard for me to get past the fact that Atlanta is a really bad football team. Either that or they were just really bad on Sunday. They just couldn't get out of their own way. And I'm not giving the commanders enough credit, so I'm going to let you do that since you were there in person. But I just thought Atlanta was poorly coached, played poorly, couldn't get out of their own way. And Sam Howell and the Commanders did enough to win the game. What do you think? I, you know, probably run the same sentiment. You know, Atlanta just kind of seems like one of those teams that you never know what you're going to get from from week to week. Um, they've sneaked past a couple teams so far this year. We, you know, we saw them sneak past Green Bay in a game Green Bay probably should have won. Uh, and it's just watching them, watching them like kind of get things going. Uh, you know, they traded for Van Jefferson. Uh, they, 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 they thought they needed more receiver help. Uh, they kind of they finally got Kyle Pitts going. They got him in the mm-hmm. end zone in the game, mm-hmm. and I, I still it's the crazy thing about all of it. I just watching they just look lethargic. And Desmond Ritter, who I thought coming into the game, I was like, well, he's kind of starting to show up now. Completely looked like he reverted back this week. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, the three interceptions were all just miserable. I mean, no interception is on time, but they just feel like they were miserably timed interceptions for Atlanta. Um, I was sitting right in the end zone when the St. Juice one happened, and like, oh. the, the Atlanta fans behind me were just like, <laughs> you know, they just they were over it. Um, I really thought we might have saw Taylor Heineke at one point during the game. I thought just oh, even yeah. if it was just for one snap, but it but it never happened. Uh, he, but it was hard. It was hard to watch. Atlanta was Atlanta definitely had the struggles, um, and you know uh, Washington capitalized. Uh, they didn't. Washington didn't play, in my opinion, over the top special. Uh, what I do like is that Sam Howell didn't make um, too many mistakes. Obviously, he got sacked five times, but we all know he's on pace for ninety nine. So <laughs> <laughs> he's on pace for ninety nine. Uh, the running game wasn't nothing special, but they did enough. Uh, I, I think overall. I think, you know, the team kind of just – they just held on. They got through, like you said. I, I do like – I got a couple thoughts here. I do like where they were targeting the ball more this week. I mean, you got to get Terry McLaurin double-digit targets, and that's what they did this week. Now, I don't know what's happened to Jahan Dotson and even De'Ami Brown, who have both become absolute no-factors in this thing, but wouldn't you agree? you got to get the ball to McLaurin double-digit times. Yeah, and I mean, it's good to see Terry get a little bit more in this one, but I, it, it's a feel like, okay, when you when the games of the last previous week has been has been the Logan Thomas show, you know, a lot a lot of Logan Thomas uh, in the last couple of weeks. He didn't get that much in this one, but it was definitely his show uh, a couple of weeks leading up to it. Uh, and I think, and Curtis Samuel, let me give Curtis Samuel some love because yep, yep. Curtis Samuel has played really well. I think he's got like four touchdowns in the last three games. So he's played really well, and he's become a little bit of a security blanket for how. Uh, but you're right, Terry Dotson, they those two guys definitely need to be way more involved in the offense. I do remember one play where you, you can see how just it it just goes floating over Dotson's head, and there was another one where he had Dotson and Dotson just couldn't get to it. Hmm. Uh, and then there was the Diami Brown. This Diami has in the last two weeks has missed on two bombs that, you know, could have changed, you know, at the time maybe, you know, uh, definitely been momentum changes for Washington. He missed the one in Chicago last week where he was pretty much all alone in the end zone, maybe missed by like a foot, and then he did the exact same thing in this Atlanta one where he had the receiver beat, couldn't bring it in. So that that's something that, you know, especially with Brown and, and Howell having that connection from UNC, uh, you would think maybe they can find a way to get that chemistry going, but yes. Terry McLaurin has to get the ball more. Love to see Curtis Samuel doing what he's doing right now. And, you know, so McLaurin, Dotson, and Brown got to figure things out. They got to figure things out. So let me ask you the same question about figuring things out for this running game. You alluded to it a little bit. And let me actually ask you if we're pointing a finger here again at this already much maligned offensive line. You mentioned the five quarterback sacks on how and they rush for only 72 yards that's less than three and a half yards per carry so that's kind of stagnant what's going on here Darrell hey you know in this one I would say a little bit had to do you know you know when you got graded Jared out there that that's going to make things a little bit difficult itself I thought I thought they, they did a really good job um you know you know attacking things on the offensive line right off the bat uh Calais Campbell got his 100 uh career yep. sack yep. future mm-hmm. hall of famer congratulations mm-hmm. to him Mm-hmm. Uh, but the offensive line, they're not opening up the holes that the, that the running backs need. That's that's one glaring thing that we've seen. And then on top of that, 
you know, with the sacks, you're seeing, I would say probably out of the five sacks, three of them were on the offensive line, two may have been on Sam. Uh, but that pocket collapses so fast, Sam tries to step up into the pocket and he ends up running into one of his linemen. I've seen that way more than I would like this season. And I've seen that way more than I like mm-hmm. this season. So uh, the glaring issues on the offensive line. There's some yeah. offensive linemen I really like. I do like Nick Gates. I think he brings a, a good energy and, um, a, a, you know, a swag to the uh, commanders as a whole, as a team. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. Uh, they, they, you know, Charles Leno was out because his, you know, um, his wife had a miscarriage. So much love to um, Charles Leno and his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, but it's just they just don't seem like they have things going off on that offensive line, man. And, and when you see a guy like Trent Williams out there killing it, just killing it in San Francisco for the last two two or three seasons, you're like you could still have him, Brandon Sheriff. You let him go, and you, you probably could still have him, and it would make a complete difference uh, on that offensive line. And they've been struggling since letting those two guys go. So you brought up a great point, Darrell. I, I want to go and then we'll go flip flop back to the Falcon side of this thing. Uh, Taylor Heineke, if ever you were going to put him in a game, wouldn't this be the game that they should have put him in? I mean, you've already got a struggling quarterback. He's throwing interceptions all over the place. They've sacked him two or three times. They need a spark. Wouldn't you think you'd have some sense for the flair and for the dramatic, and you'd put Taylor Heineke in against his old team? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I felt the same thing uh, after the second one. You know, I was like, yeah, it might be happening here because uh, it just, it just, it just wasn't clicking. And but I think the Falcons are in the same position that Washington is in right now, where they got a young quarterback, and no matter what the situation, they want him to kind of tough, tough it through. And that's what Ron Rivera has been saying in the press conferences for the last couple of weeks, even, you know, when good games are bad. You know, uh, he's been leaving Sam in there because he wants him to grow and he wants him to learn. He wants him to to go through some adversity. And I think that's what Atlanta's doing with Ritter. Uh, Even though I think that for this game, Taylor Heineke would have made a complete difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen what he he can do, especially coming off of the bench. We've seen what he can do. Uh, and would have just been nice, you know, especially, like I said, if the NFL script is real, it would have been something that would have been uh, really nice for, uh, you know, nice storyline overall. But they just they just let him sit in there. They just let him sit in there. I, I just – Arthur Smith was horrible. His decision-making, his play, <laughs> whoever's calling him, they, they were he – was, he was terrible. And that's another one I'm going to add to it because that one's sitting to him right there on a silver platter. I mean, I know coaches don't think the way you and I are thinking here, and it would have been a nice story and all that. I think it would have been a win. I think Taylor Heineke would have been so fired up, and his teammates would have been so fired up, they would have found a way to win that game, which is what he's trying to do. And then I could go into my owner or my media or whatever and say, look, that was just a gut instinct. I'm only doing it for one game. We're committed to Ritter. We are, and he's coming back next week. But I just thought, you know, flair for the dramatic. I'm putting him in to see what he can do, and he he would have won the game for them. I'm convinced. I, 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 you know, what's funny, I just knowing, you know, kind of how things ended in Washington to an extent, I would say, yeah. It, it, and the way that that drive, that last drive was going, you know, that Atlanta was coming down the field, the Washington defense who struggled, all, who struggled pretty much the whole season. They've given up 30 points in every game except for the first one and this one. And uh, they were almost about to give up the ghost and tie this game up before Ritter threw the interception. Yep. 
And so it's like, wow, man, you're, you're that close on it. And it just, it would have been, an, I think it would have been a better move. But uh, Arthur Smith, I don't know exactly what the, what the, what the thought process that he's got going on down there right now, but you got a team that's three and three. Yeah. And in the NFC, you still can make the playoffs. You got to start thinking about those decisions as we get a little bit deeper in the season. Again, my gut tells me it would have been a really nice story for everybody, and it would have been a win. It would have been a win-win for them, which they they would desperately. All right, enough of that. Enough of the Falcons. The Commanders have their enough enough of their issues and problems. But should they get healthy uh, this week? I know they're back on the road again, but they are going to go in this game as a road favorite against a giant team that you talk about a team muddling along at one and five. They're certainly doing that. Well, here's the thing, um, Bob, and, and, and if you go back and look at the last couple of years, the Giants have had the commander's number. Yeah. No matter what yeah. no matter what the situation has been, no matter what the records have been, somehow, some way, the Giants have either, you know what I mean, I, mean, I lost one in there, but like last year you had the tie and then you had the, the loss on, uh, you had the loss on uh, Sunday night. Then you had a couple of years ago where the Giants had came in and, um, I think the commanders had a chance to do the two-point conversion, or they decided to go for the two-point conversion, and then they end up losing the game. That way, in in um, Jersey slash New York, it, it it gives you this vibe that if the Washington Commanders don't come in there with the right mindset, the Giants will will win this game. Hmm. That that that's just that's the thing that that kind of makes me a little weary. Washington can fully win this game. To me, they have the better roster, but Saquon Barkley is always giving them trouble. And I, I I don't count out Tyrod Taylor. I just don't count out Tyrod Taylor. He he's just, he's always been gutsy. He's the one that got the Bills back to the playoffs a couple of years ago and didn't get any love from that. And they sent some shipping, and then he goes to San Diego slash L.A. and he gets stabbed in the chest, and he doesn't get a chance to get an opportunity to start there. Uh, and I, he's got an opportunity here, $45 million or not. He's got a four-game stretch where he can go and do some things. So, you know, I, I wish him – the best, you know, him being from Virginia. Uh, but it's, it's just one of those those things, Bob, that said, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. And that, that's the vibe I got going into this game. All right. Are you heading to East Rutherford? I am. I'll be leaving uh, leaving early Saturday night. I got a wedding on Saturday. My One of my uh, best friends is getting married, heading out there to celebrate with him. And then I'm leaving from there, heading up to Baltimore, and then I'm going to ride up to New York or Jersey. Uh, I'm right up to Jersey all Sunday morning. Good luck with that. You'll be all over I-95. Good luck with that up there. (laughs) But another busy weekend for Darrell Owens, and we're glad he could spend some time with us. And on the backside, we'll catch up again, all right? All right. Good to hear from you, Bob. Likewise, safe travels up there, Darrell. Thank you. Uh, man, he hustles. He's, he's all over the place. So, yeah, 1 o'clock kick, Commanders and Giants. And this is another one. I just can't get used to this. Um, the game's on CBS again. Like, there's no more of this dividing line with AFC on CBS and NFC on Fox. They're just slapping games left and right anywhere. I mean, Falcons and Buccaneers, that's another. Uh, uh, that one is on Fox. I beg your pardon. I was reading it wrong. Uh, Commanders and Giants, though, is the CBS game at 1 o'clock on, on Sunday afternoon. So we'll get that game here, obviously, in our neck of the woods for sure. All right, uh, one more segment to go. We'll get our final break in here. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Uh, 804-327-0888. If you haven't gotten in yet and you want to, we'll have some time before we get you up to the top of the hour. And then National League Championship Series Game 2 is airtime 730 from ESPN Radio this evening. Finish it up next on the Sports Auto 1061 ESPN.
Second straight playoff appearance out of the CAA. Follow them on their quest every step of the way. Here on your home for the Richmond Spiders, 1061 ESPN. All right, the time's running out this afternoon, but Reggie, the time is all yours. Finish us up today, Reg. Tattletown Bob. Talk to me, Tattletown. Looking pretty good, Tattletown. Come on and talk to me. It, it's seven more, Topper. Seven more. It never to ends. <laughs> you guys kicked the braids to the corner, man. Even came out viciously. Yeah, it's only five more days before you listen to the Braves. Cause they're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've moved on, Reggie. We have moved on to bigger and better things. Yeah, you guys are too much, too much. Talk to me about the Richmond. You got a two-game winning streak, and you're taking them to North Carolina A&T down Greensboro Saturday. I'm Come on excited. Here, All my years, <laughs> Reggie, my first appearance at, at North Carolina A&T this weekend. I'm fired up to go to Greensboro. Brother between the ribs and barbecue and the halftime show, and 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 I, you know, we know battle of the bands. I know Richard doesn't have a band, but no, uh, you're really going to enjoy yourself. Trust yep. and believe, you're really yeah. going to enjoy. It. I hope that the Richmond fans come on down and tailgate with the A and T Aggies because you guys gonna have a good time. The fraternity sorority is going to treat you well down there. So I got to say, you guys are going to enjoy. It. And also, my buddy Donald Ware is the play-by-play divorce of A and T. Look for the brother. He, he'll treat you right. His name is Donald Ware. He does a show, Press Box, Press Row. It's on ESPN and also HBCU.com. Right. So, Donald Ware, look out for you. I will definitely do that. They're not very good, Reggie. I'm not trying to jinx the spiders or anything here, but they're not very good, North Carolina a No, come on, Bob. But hey, their band I, is really good, right? Game. But their band is it really about good. The game. It's about the social life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're, we're trying yeah, to get HBCU both going here. Experience. Yeah, <laughs> spiders are yes, four or five, sir. Reg. So we're, we we need hey. we, we need it. We need it, man. We need it. Right. Okay, Title Town. I like Travel that the best. <laughs> Thank you. All right, yes, Reggie. Sir. Thanks, my friend. Um, and bad news for Reggie here: no Sean Thursday because I don't have a show Thursday because we got baseball in the afternoon on uh, on Thursday. So, in fact. Catch us tomorrow because that's it for me for the week. This has been um, a little hit and miss, and we kind of predicted this was going to happen with the baseball playoff schedule. So back at it tomorrow afternoon. Um, maybe I'll see if Sean wants to come in tomorrow afternoon. I'll get in there. We'll see if we can do that. See if we can pull that one off. If not, that'll be it. Uh, no show Thursday because of baseball. No show Friday because I'll be traveling down there to Greensboro. Uh, hope I didn't just jinx the Spiders, but North Carolina A&T is 1-5 and five and 0-3 oh and in the conference. And I think I read something on them as I started to do a little bit of prep work even early in the week. They are like dead last in FCS, all of FCS, in like total offense and passing yards, I think it is. I might be misquoting that at the moment. I'll have it ready by Saturday, but they have really struggled this year, so the Spiders need to zero in, focus in, try and take care of business, get another road win, and then get back home for homecoming in a couple weeks against Campbell. So that's Saturday. Again, it's a 1 o'clock game. Love those road games at 1 o'clock. Our airtime is at 1230. Bob, you still got the coaches show on Thursday, right? Yes. Coaches show still airs Thursday at noon. Well said there, A.J., Good marketing, good promotions. Uh, Jeremiah Grant, defensive end, who had three quarterback sacks Saturday. He's our guest on the Coach's Show. Noon at the Brass Tap, 
over there at Libby Mill Midtown. I'll tell you more about it tomorrow on the Wednesday Sports Hub. Thank you all for tuning in this afternoon. Uh, thanks to Darrell Owens uh, covering the Commanders who joined us here in the 5 o'clock hour. And Matt Joseph made it a mashup day as we cross over in the 4 o'clock hour. I'm back to watching and listening to more baseball tonight. You'll catch that game here on 106.1 ESPN from ESPN Radio beginning at 7.30. Talk to you tomorrow afternoon at 4 with the next sports huddle right here on 106.1 ESPN. No fighting. Turn to Hernan Allen Plumbing, Heating, and